to Life Before Medicine. I am Heather Dipke and I'm joined by Dr. Bruce Crawford and Robert Linkle. Welcome, Robert. We're happy hello, to have hello. you today. Thank we you for have, having me. Thank you for joining us. This is our Functional Aging Part 2 segment. Part 1 we have already done and is available to everyone to listen and we encourage you to do so. We interviewed Dr. Dan Ritchie from the Functional Aging Institute, where we spent a lot of time talking about the importance of functionality as we age, the different health conditions associated with lack of you know, functional aging. So today what we're gonna do is talk to Robert about some very practical things we can implement on our own at home to help us age well. Before we do that though, Robert, do you mind just giving us a little bit of a background on you? Absolutely, and as I was telling you beforehand, I am very long-witted, so I will do my best to keep everything very short. Basically, um, over the last 25-ish almost years, I've been working in the profession with older adults. Most of my clients are in their late 60s, early 70s. Uh, it wasn't always that way. They started with me much younger, um, but over the last 15, 18 years here in Sacramento, I've built a home and have had uh, some really long 10 years with a lot of great clients. Um, I have a master's degree in personal training, a bachelor's in kinesiology, and uh, I work with the NSCA a lot. I run my own business here, I'm training the older adult.com, which is an in-house studio that I'm recording from, but it's also a online education studio uh, where I produce weekly content and CEU uh, continued education unit uh, type content for personal trainers working with older adults. So my whole world is, is strength training based and with older pops with different limitations, uh, different goals, goals for life, functionality, et cetera which uh, is why I'm so excited to be here and to share all this with you because it's right in my wheelhouse. Oh, we are so excited to have you. Welcome. So can you just briefly, the NSCA, just so our listeners know, is the National mm -hmm. Strength and Conditioning Association. Correct. So that is your certification that you're trained in. It is. And I'm, uh, I'm their trainer of the year, 2012, and I'm also currently on their board. So I'm the personal training representative. Yes, thank you. Good. So we have a, an expert amongst us here. So we're, we are excited to pick your brain today. Awesome. So one of the things that I'm really curious about is, you know, we know as we age, we can lose muscle mass. Um, we can develop low bone density. We can struggle with weight management. Um, we can also lose functional capacity where maybe things that used to be easy to do, like going up and down the stairs, aren't so easy to do. So in your opinion, what are things that we should be able to do throughout our lifespan as we age? Yeah, the, so let's start with what the problem is. And that is everybody knows the word osteopenia or osteoporosis, but nobody knows the word sarcopenia, okay? Mm -hmm. Sarcopenia is the loss of muscle mass. <laughs> yes, it's my favorite word too, but everybody's always like, well, we, they don't know what that is. And I'm like, well, let's educate then. We got to teach everybody that word. That needs to be a word that everyone knows is that sarcopenia, it's an official disease as of 2016, it's a disease. That means you've lost muscle mass to a point where you can't do what you could do before. It's not just atrophy, okay, where muscle gets smaller. You now cannot lift what you could lift before. You can't put your arms over your head. You can't do a sit to stand. You can't pick up stuff off the ground. So you've lost ability, basically. And that's really the biggest problem. Like that, I call it the linchpin because that limitation, your loss of muscle mass that leads to better function, 
is the downfall of everything across the board. It's why you become a fall risk. It's why disease, why cognitive loss, why, I mean, you name it, obesity, bone softening, osteopenia, all of it, all of it comes with, well, you got weaker and yada, 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 whatever the issue is. And so the first instruction is, well, if I want to get better at this, it's I need to get stronger and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? Mm -hmm. So really resistance training of some sort is the thing that we should all be doing. Like the prescription to get better is resistance training and whatever else, a medication, a better diet, a better sleep, a better physical therapy, whatever it is. But resistance training is a big piece, okay? So knowing that we need to do that as kind of a daily basis, that daily basis should include movement patterns that kind of replicate life. So it gets us out of the mindset of muscle groups. Back in the day, it was like today's chest and tricep day, it's Monday. And then, you know, Tuesday we're back in buys and then we'll pretend to do legs on Wednesday and then we'll start it all over again. And, and, and so that's kind of a common misconception in the terms of we're not training for aesthetics anymore. Now we're training for functionality of life, which includes hinging and or squatting, pushing, pulling, reaching overhead, picking things up off the ground and carrying them. And so if you can do those actions, okay, like the simple act of grabbing your suitcase, taking it out of the car, pulling it through the airport, getting on the airplane, putting it back together, picking it up overhead, putting it in, you've covered everything, all the movements we just talked about in that one task, which is the number one example I get from clients when they come in and they're like, I can't put my suitcase in the overhead container anymore. And like, that's one of the first things we notice is losing that ability. So we're no longer training for bigger pecs and nicer arms. And so it's, it's nice to be strong in all those areas, but really we're training for the functionality of life. That is our sport. We don't have seasons. There's no in season offset. We're always on for this. And that is the intention is to get people better, stronger, more efficient, capable of whatever they're going to be doing on a daily basis. I love that. So if our listeners are inspired, because I love that example, what could they do at home right now, just with anything that they already have at home, not needing special equipment or anything like that? What can they start to do to help improve those things? You get about 80% of your body trained by performing a sit to stand, sit down, stand up, sit down, stand up where you sit down and you completely unload, meaning like the chair or the bench you're sitting to takes your weight for a second. You don't just touch and go. You like sit down, shut it off and then stand up. And, and so we'll have clients that are pretty much completely incapable. Like there's don't lift weights. They don't do anything. They can barely move around. We'll start with like three sets of eight during the day, do eight in the morning, eight at lunch, eight at night. And then we're already doing a bunch of sit to stands through the day. Anyhow, you get up and out of bed, up and out of your chair, up and off the toilet, in and out of the car. Like these are all sit to stand actions that we do. So if you add in three sets of eight with that, with everything else, you are going to start building the foundational strength movement pattern type actions, basically hip extension, hip flexion, your, your thighs, your butt, you're going to start building that musculature right there. That's probably the best thing you can do at home is start there with a lot of sit to stands. The second one would be carrying stuff around your house. You know, we have clients that will just move books from one end of the house to the other. And it's like, we're going to move all these books from this end to this end, and then I'll move them back. And that'll be a workout. We have, we have a guy here in Sacramento that is, is famous for moving rocks around his yard. Like that's his workout every day is he moves rocks from one side of the yard to the other. And it's all he does is carry them back and forth and carrying load. Like if you've ever moved, you're like, this is exhausting. All you're doing is moving boxes from here to there. Right. But it's tough. It's, it's challenging to move weight around. So if you have anything, you can put backpack, you can have canned foods, you can have jugs of water, whatever, just move things around 
carry them from one end of the house to the next, pick them up properly off the ground, put them down properly. Now you're deadlifting, right? And in between that, if you, if you are capable of pressing anything over your head, five pound weights, two pound weights, 10 pound weights, whatever it is, pressing weight over your head, carrying things back and forth, do your sit to stands, you're training every muscle group in your body, primarily, okay, for the most part, by doing those three things, that's a great place to start, okay? And then from there, our goal would be try to move and, you know, learn from somebody who really knows what they're doing and like get into the weight room from there. But that would be my, my home remedy to kind of get you going. And then what if somebody has, you know, back conditions? Because, you know, at a certain age, we all are going to start to have Sure. Joint things creep up, arthritis, you know, things like that. So there might be people out there that are like, well, I'd love to reach over my head, but I've got a shoulder issue or, you know, how do you account for people that might have limitations, you know, certain contraindications to different conditions they might have? I've, I've been working with people since 1999 and I have yet to run into a person that didn't have a limitation. So everybody does. The challenge is, finding a way to work with your limitation and not around it okay so let me give you an example and i might be jumping the shark here on one of your other questions we talked a little bit about it before we started but you get an individual a client that or a person that comes into the gym and they're like i want to start working out what do i do how do i get started this and that that individual should be working with the most educated trainer on the floor but they don't get that person because the most educated person on the floor wants to work with all the athletes. They think that's where the glory is, is working with the athletes. Okay. So they're working with young people who don't have any limitations, who want to perform a sport. And then you got about 1% of those that go on to a huge successful career. Okay. Where the most uneducated, most rookie trainer always gets handed the older individual who has decades of experience, all these limitations, and they have no idea what to do with that person. Well, every time I squat them, their back hurts. Every time we try to overhead press, they can't. And so you have the least experienced person working with the person who needs the most experienced trainer. And then they get frustrated that they get hurt working with someone who doesn't know what they're doing. And so you're like, well, personal trainers are terrible. They never know what to do with me. I have injuries. Okay. So in a very roundabout way of answering your question is find the right personal trainer. You need to find somebody that specializes in working with people with limitations or with older adults. And what they will do and what you want to hear the words come out of their mouth are, I'm going to work with your limitation and not around it because the limitation is what brought you to me. My shoulder hurts. I need to learn how to lift weights. So my shoulder doesn't hurt anymore. So then you get to the trainer that's inexperienced and they're like, great, we'll just work around your shoulder. We'll get everything else stronger. Well, I just made a bigger gap between you you were completely out of shape and now the rest of you is in shape and your shoulder isn't. So I just did you a huge in, in, injustice, right? I, I left one section behind, but we are a kinetic chain. It all has to get better or else there's still this weak link. So the answer is find somebody who knows how to work with your limitations and can improve it. And in many cases, that might be a team approach. You might need a physio, <laughs> physical therapist, and your doctor and your personal trainer. And if any of them are kind of nervous about working with each other, then that's not the right person for you. They should have the mindset of this is a team effort to help work with your limitation. Because I could tell you, oh, if your back hurts, try doing this. But without seeing all of you, I'd just be guessing and throwing things out there. Mm-hmm. And I, the things that I could say, you could still try, but because of your back injury, it hurts you. You really need to be in front of someone that knows what they're doing, that says, this is my area of expertise. Mm-hmm. Because for years, I've been working and teaching and coaching other trainers to look at you and go, here's your shoulder impingement and your torn labrum in your shoulder. 
here's the three things we can do. Here are the three things we cannot do. Let's get to work. And they start to apply that. And now you're like, Hey, I can, now I can press overhead and my shoulder doesn't hurt every time because they found a way to work with it and not around it. And I think that brings up a good point to Robert about working within your scope. Um, you know, making sure that you have somebody that understands what they can and cannot do with you. And there are times when you do need to refer out to the physician or to a physiotherapist, um, you know, for additional assessing. Um, I also think it's important, and you can tell me what your thoughts are, you need to have a trainer that does a really thorough intake assessment um, and kind of kind of gets a good benchmark of where you're even starting at. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I think that we're kind of always assessing people, you know, mm-hmm. especially, I mean, I'll, I'll use myself as an example because there's nobody that I know better than me is that on a day-to-day basis, I could wake up and feel fantastic or I could wake up and go, I need an extra 20 minutes to warm up. I'm just, my back is stiff, my hips are a little sore. Like every day is different. So really every day when my client comes in, I'm assessing them from the moment they walk in. If they're wobbling, hobbling, the head is down, I know something's up, right? But if I took an assessment three weeks prior to that and they were moving around just fine, if that's the info that I go off of and not what I see immediately in front of me, then I'm just gonna be like, you should be able to do this. I I saw that you could do this three weeks ago. So every day we're a little different. And that's a little bit different than working with younger folks where it's like almost every day, if they haven't had anything major injury wise or anything happen to them, they don't have arthritis. They don't have bone density Mm -hmm. issues. They don't have sarcopenia. They don't have any of this you're more than likely going to get the same thing from them daily. So there's a, it's a little bit easier to predict what you'll be able to do on a daily basis. That's where it's like, we call it live troubleshooting. It's like a, a live assessment. Every day, you're doing a little intake on your people. You're watching them warm up. You're, you're reading their energy. You're getting, are they positive today? Or are they down today? Are they moving well? Or are they not? Do we need to do a little bit more in mobility? Do I need to do a little bit longer primer to make sure their body's warm and ready to go? You know, do we need to do a, an extra band routine to make sure their hips are firing up or ready? Every time they go to do something overhead, I can see their face wincing, changing. They're just not comfortable. Do we need to talk about that? Like, you got to take that in. And that's part of being a really good pro is seeing that mm-hmm. and knowing what to do live in that moment where you can't say, I'm going to have to go look this up to figure it You're like, you know what to do right now. I was actually thinking more like an intake form. You know, like some people oh, yeah, go yeah. and work with a trainer and they never ask them prior injuries that they've had current conditions that they're you know they just for sure well let's go ahead and just run you through x y and z because that's what we do with everybody and i think a really good trainer spends time initially just sitting down and talking to you you know what is your health history what injuries have you had Uh, what are your goals like what is important to you um and kind of making sure that you're really listening and hearing the person so that you kind of start them out appropriately as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Without that, you don't know who you're dealing with, what you're dealing with. You know, you're just going to be guessing at that point, like uh, they've had two hip replacements and one of them dislocated and you're like, let's hop on the leg press, you know, (laughs) that's probably not the best thing for them to start, you know, so you're completely right. Yeah. You got to do, we call it a solution session where we sit down and like, we're going to go through from, anything that hurts on them to any surgeries they've had to medications, their current workout routine. You don't want to just assume because they're coming to you, they don't work out. 
Um, we hear the, the Cosgroves have told stories of where they assumed that somebody was out of shape and they were like, well, I lost the hundred pounds that I needed to lose. So I could then reward myself by coming to see you to start to build my muscle up. And, and they felt, you know, ridiculous that they just assumed this person was not exercise. So you always want to go, okay, what, what are you currently doing? How can I help improve on that? But also ask like, what, what athletic hobbies do you have? And more than likely with older people, I get, well, I used to golf or I used to play handball or I used to go skiing. And I'm like, well, what happened? And they're like, oh, my knee, my back, my hip. And so you get more of the story by finding out what they can't do anymore. And, uh, and that helps you usually in the goal department because now you're like, well, if I can help your lower back and we can get you back golfing, would that make you happy? And they're like, hell yeah, like absolutely that'd make me happy. And, and so you're like, cool, get their back better. Number one, goal number two, let's, let's get them back, you know, get them back golfing goal number, number three. And you just, you know, you can almost create the goal sheet if you ask all those first questions correctly and you, you get to know them. It's like writing a, a newspaper article. I've got to interview this person, get all the info I need. And then now I can really sit down and like create my article. And I, now I know here's how I'm going to build this workout. What, for what purposes, what abilities. And then we even do a movement assessment where I'll watch them row and press and sit and stand and get up and down off the floor, step up, you know, carry weight. I'll watch them do some basic movements and see how they do. And that gives me a little bit more to the story. So we talked about if someone's just getting started and wanting to do something at home, sit to stand is good. Carrying things around is good. What about someone that is a little bit more active already? And they're like, oh, okay, I can already do those things. Are there other things that they could be doing? Simple things throughout the course of their day at home for maybe someone that is a little fitter. Yeah. So we look at a goal for our clients after 90 days or three months of training, we want them to have 30 to 60 minutes of activity every single day, not, not lifting weights every day, but just 30 to 60 minutes of activity. So we'll ask our clients to build up to two to three days of resistance training. And then on the other days, let's get out garden. Let's go golfing. Let's go for bike rides. Let's go for walks. Let's go for rucks. Okay. And a ruck is a loaded walk. Basically they could wear a vest or they could wear a backpack and go for their regular 30 minute walk. And by adding an extra 10 pounds for every step that you take for three miles, that can give you an extra 7,500 pounds of pressure put through your body that day. And all it is is an extra 10 pound plate in your backpack, right? Or a couple extra books. So think of that bone density. Think of that overall strength and muscular gain, the cardiovascular gain if you're going up and down hills or if you're walking quickly. So that can be a big one is like, hey, I'm going to keep my walking routine going, but I want to wear a 10 pound vest or I want to wear a 10 pound rock, a backpack. That can be a game changer for our clients, especially through COVID, that whole process. That was a big one for us. And then when you're, when you're at home, Try to be active daily via, you know, garden work, household chores, that kind of stuff. We have things called ADLs and DLFs, they're activities of daily living. Those are basic things like, you know, clothes and being able to brush your own teeth and bathe, all that kind of stuff. But then you have daily life activities and that's yard work and, you know, uh, working in the shop and like being able to, you know, move furniture and like things that you'd be able to do on a daily basis that are a little more physical. Like think of training to be able to do those daily life functions. And, and a lot of times the weight room is going to be a, a key to doing that. 
and you can train from home. You don't have to go to the weight room. I, I train the majority of my clients with four or five sets of dumbbells in their house and they're good. You know, we can do it all with that. So bottom line is being as active as you can, 30 to 60 minutes every single day, resistance train two days a week at minimum, three would be better and find somebody if you need them to help push you and work with your limitation as you're going through this. So you, just like an athlete, have goals of things you want to try to get better at and pursue. Maybe it's not to earn a scholarship or win a big game, but to get better at your daily life stuff where, you know, normally you maybe trip and fall and break your leg. And now you, you catch yourself and you don't fall because you've been training. And, and those are statistics we don't want you to be a part of. Yeah. I love that. Those are great suggestions. All those are, are wonderful. So. Ruck is big. And then if you're good That's giving out my, my info, yeah, if you, I have an article that I wrote on rucking, I'm happy to send that to whoever wants. Yeah, if can, you don't mind I can email it, it to you all. Yeah, we'll, absolutely. We'll put the link in um, the little background diggy sure. that I put together for this. And I'll also include your contact information if people Yeah, that'd want be great. And that, that article kind of takes you yeah. through, like, I have no idea what rucking is. It takes you from that to how to do it for like 12 weeks. So mm-hmm. it's, it's a good one. Well, and I think just pointing out too the variety aspect, you know, doing different things is really important. Not always doing the same thing every day. Yeah. I mean, even, even in resistance training, we have all kinds of different stuff we do in the weight room. You have mm-hmm. different tools, different things you get to use, kettlebells, dumbbells, pulleys, all kinds of different stuff. So yeah, you want to change up your programs and maybe, you know, summertime you're biking and the wintertime you're rucking because of the weather. And then you, when it's nice out, you can get on the lake and go paddle boarding, like just be active, be active. And, and uh, you know, I don't mean this in an insult by saying this, but eat like a grown up, right? Eat like you want to live. And, and so we always kind of encourage, like I've had cancer twice. I've had, I've had 16 surgeries in my young life for 41 years. I've had experiences and I'm not going to tell people, don't have wine, don't indulge when you're, when in, when in Rome, like enjoy when you're on vacation. I get that. But most of the time, eat healthy, make the better decisions. Like we know what grown up eating is, what healthy eating is. That is going to be a big part of this. Get enough sleep. Know that you need time to recover, you know, especially the older we get, the, the more energy it takes our bodies to do things because our metabolism's running down. Our system is fighting against us. Like our muscle mass starts to deteriorate, even if you're working hard, just because like our, our body is slowing down and it's slowly getting worse. We're constantly fighting to fill the bucket, but the bucket's got a hole in it, right? So mm-hmm. it's like, we're always kind of pursuing, trying, trying, trying. But that's the thing is you want to just gradually, slowly get a little worse and not just plummet to your death, right? And And, and it's like, that whole process, your every little thing that you do, training your brain, training your mind, sleep is so important. The food you put in your body, the hydration levels that you put in there, you know, processed foods, foods with dye in it, all, all of this, all of this has an effect on you. And so you got to eat like and sleep like and hydrate like you want to live. And with those, with that kind of mindset, you're sitting here going, maybe I don't want to eat this candy. Maybe I don't have to have, uh, you know, three alcoholic beverages every night, like, you know, just save that for the weekend, you know, those kinds of things where you're just making little changes, those help out a ton in the long run, they really do. And, and having been in some of those situations, yeah, I'd love to eat pizza and ice cream every night, but I know what it's going to do to me, you know, you gotta, you gotta make those grown up decisions. So that's a big part of this. This is not a 12 week fad diet that you go on and you lose 20 pounds and you're like, I've, I've achieved fitness. I can go back to what I was doing before. It's all or none. You're in this or you're out of it. Like you've got to live it. And if you want to live longer and be healthier and be pain-free and et cetera, you got to do all this all the time, even when you're on vacation. 
You do. And I know the clients that I work with, you know, they'll often say I've retired and I feel like I've replaced self-care is now my full-time job. And I'm like, yes, it is. (laughs) It's not a one and done. How hard people have worked their whole lives and now you get to retirement and you're barely able to do anything with it. Mm -hmm. I mean, boy, this is the time where you're supposed to be living it up, you know? European vacations and skiing in the Alps and like all that stuff. But if if you can barely walk, it's going to be a long road to death. And I'd rather you have a party while you're going, you know what I mean? If you've seen that chart with a disability threshold, I'm sure, I'm sure you've seen that, right? Mm -hmm. Where it's like 35 and it's like untrained and they're just like barely getting out of shape. And at 90, they're like, yeah, I'm not what I once was, but I'm, I'm as good as I once was. What, you know what I mean? Like that whole saying. And then you have the untrained and at like 50, they're in terrible shape. And at 70, they're miserable. So you're not, you're not dying, but you're definitely not living. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just sitting every day. And it's like, I would rather go out with my boots on, you know, and, and be able to, to go and do and train and capable and able and die at 80 than live to be a hundred sitting in my bed for 20 years, you know? And that's the goal. Like everybody that comes in here, I'm like, I, I what do you want out of this? Do you want to live? Do you want to be, you know, do you want to be experiencing life or do you just not want to die young? Mm-hmm. And based on that answer, I decide if they stay in here to work with me or not, because I want people to live. Yeah. And, and I've seen too many family members go this way. And I've seen too many colleagues go this way. I don't want anybody dying in a hospital bed. And I want you dying at 102 while you're parachuting and your heart gave out, you know, like that's like going with your boots on, man, you know, like <laughs> fucking live. That's what I want. That's what I want you to <laughs> To, to look back at this and be like, that was awesome. It wasn't. Yeah. And then think of the, not to rant, but think of the people that you're leaving behind. This is what really sucks is three years of taking care of somebody who's bedridden. Right. And they're just miserable and they don't want to be here anymore. And you're like, this is what I get to remember of my dad or my grandpa when I had 40 years of them being awesome, but then the last three was just miserable. That's all you remember, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. is the miserable, right? That's what I'm saying, go with your boots on. Like, don't have that three years where life is miserable because it's not just you, it's everybody else that you're impacting with it too, right? It's the grandkids, it's et cetera. Like, you 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 are a role model for everybody around you too. You're setting the tone, you're setting the base. My in-laws did not exercise. And since I came into this family, they're rock stars, man. And when they retired, they were just like, I'm just gonna sit on the couch. And now they're like, we're going on vacation. We're going to Canada, we're going on a cruise. And I'm like, that's because you're capable now. Like they see the light, you know? And that's what I want for people. You infect with the light. I want you to be like, I can go and do this. I'll stop ranting. No, I love that, Robert. And I think it is important to to encourage people, you know, even if maybe they didn't make the best choices when they were younger, it's never too late to begin. Today is a new day, um, you know, and you can start now and do the best you can for the days you have left. Every day is a reset. So, but if you well, keep saying you. I'll start tomorrow, yeah, don't do that. <laughs> Never get no, there. That's yeah. why I said today. Yeah, yeah. yeah you got to start today. Yep. <laughs> well, thank you so much. We appreciate you joining us and all of your helpful tips. You gave us some really great practical things that we can all start implementing today uh, to help improve our functionality as we age. And if people want to get in touch with you, um, we've got the info that we'll post with that. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, Apologies for the long rants. I hope, I hope you don't mind. No, uh, we love it. You're passionate about what you do and it shows and that's the kind of trainer you want. Very good. I'd love to come back sometime. Anytime you need need more. I'm, I'm always happy to chat. Thank you. Thank you so much, Robert.